Hello, this is Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries right here on the World Wide Web, that right here on Anchor and all the other radio stations, digital stations, and I am so thankful to God for these uh, ways of getting the gospel out. God is so good. He is supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Dear God, as I sit before you to speak, I pray to you that my soul you will keep. And if I should die before I finish, I pray to you that any outstanding sins will be forgiven. You can reach me at 469-629-9543 and our GGT Church 66 at yahoo.com. It is a, such a blessing. It's such a blessing. Such a blessing to be able to come to you. Our Sunday school lesson is going to be coming from 1 John, the second chapter, the 20th through the 29th verses. I am in the L.G. Parkhurst Jr. Uh, Sunday school commentary and it is O-U-O-S-U dot com. O-U-O-S-U dot com. And our subject is how to live within God. How to live within God. The uh, focal scripture is let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you will abide in the Son and in the Father. 1 John, the second chapter, the 24th verse. How to live within God. And we'll go to our scripture. I'm going to do the King James Version. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. He that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know 
that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Wow, that is so good. Now we're going to our lesson, How to Live Within God. Our commentary is, in 1 Samuel, the second chapter and the second verse, Hannah prayed, There is no holy one like the Lord, no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. In Job, the sixth chapter and the tenth verse, Job said, I have not denied the words of the Holy One. In Proverbs, the ninth chapter and the tenth verse, the Proverbs teach, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Isaiah consistently and often spoke of God as the Holy One, and in Isaiah, the 43rd chapter and the 15th verse, God spoke and said to him, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. And in Isaiah, the 40th chapter and the that's the 48th chapter and the 17th verse, we read, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you for your own good, who leads you in the way you should go. The Bible consistently teaches God is one and believers are commanded to worship one God, the Holy One. The New Testament reveals the Holy One is three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Son of God came into the world as the promised Hebrew Messiah, Jesus the Messiah, Christ in Greek, which means anointed one. Jesus came in human flesh, flesh as a real human being, fully God and fully man. Jesus was anointed at his baptism with the Holy Spirit. We can see that in Matthew, the third chapter, the 16th through the 17th verses. John wrote his letter to those who believed in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and he wrote that the Holy One had anointed them. From Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost, we learn that the Holy One anoints believers with the Holy Spirit when they repent and believe in Jesus. In Acts, Acts the second chapter, the 38th through 39th verses, Luke wrote, Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise, for the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. In the Old Testament, priests, prophets, and kings were anointed with oil. In the New Testament, believers in Jesus Christ were anointed with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in 1 Peter, the second chapter and the ninth verse, Peter wrote of everyone who follows Jesus, but you are a chosen race, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. John wrote his letter to those who knew Jesus Christ and the teachings of Jesus Christ, truths they had heard from him are the apostles and evangelists who had taught up to them. Those who trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior know and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Holy One has anointed them with the Holy Spirit who indwells them. In John the second chapter, the 18th through the 19th verse, John had written that the Antichrists showed they did not belong to the fellowship of true believers when they went out from them, when they left the church physically and are spiritually. Because those who truly believe in Jesus Christ have knowledge of Jesus Christ and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, they do not need to learn anything from Antichrists or Antichrists, whichever you choose, okay? Today, believers in Jesus Christ have the Bible, the Holy Spirit, and Christian teachers to help them understand the Bible. Therefore, they do not need to learn anything from those who have left the church by denying Jesus Christ and the Bible's teachings or from anyone who wants to replace the Christian faith with a human philosophy or a different religion. John wrote his letter to reinforce the truth in the minds of those who knew the truth. They knew that God's word, the scriptures, were true. We can see that in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, the 16th through the 17th verses. They knew that what John had taught them, we can see that in the Gospel of John, was true. They surely knew these words of Jesus in John, the 14th chapter and the 6th verse, were true. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. They knew from sound reason that no lie can come from the truth. Furthermore, the Bible teaches in Numbers, the 23rd chapter and the 19th verse, God is not a human being that he should lie or a mortal that he should change his mind. He has promised and will not, will he not do it? It's a question. He has promised and will he not do it? Has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? In Titus, the first chapter, the first through the second verses, Paul wrote that he was a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. For the sake of the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that is in accordance with godliness in the hope of eternal life, that God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. The writer of Hebrews, the sixth chapter and the 18th verse said, It is is impossible that God would prove false. We follow Jesus because Jesus 
and the Bible are true. John knew that he must warn his readers about those who had left the church claiming that they knew additional truths about God or truths that contradicted what those who trusted in God, in Jesus Christ and the gospel had learned. Paul wrote about his, this strongly in Galatians, the first chapter and the ninth verse. As we have said before, so now I repeat, if anyone proclaims to you a gospel contrary to what you received, let that one be accursed. Accursed. All right? In John's day, most of these antichrists would have been called Gnostics. G-N-O-S-T-I-C-S. Okay? They claimed they had additional secret knowledge about Jesus that they would impart to those who joined with them and went through their initiation. They also denied that Jesus Christ had come in the flesh as a real human being. Their denial that Jesus had come in the flesh led them to teach many ridiculous ideas such as when Jesus walked, he left no footprints, or he did not really suffer and die on the cross as a real human being. For almost 2,000 years, and even today, antichrists have taught many different false ideas about Jesus, the Bible, and the Christian faith. First, John, John wrote strongly that a person who denies that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, is a liar. Today, when we hear someone deny Jesus Christ as the person the Bible reveals him to be, we know that person is a liar. We must not believe what they teach. Furthermore, we must warn others about their teachings so they do not lead true believers away from Jesus Christ and the fellowship of true believers, the church. Second, John wrote that antichrists deny the Father and the Son. In his life and teachings, Jesus revealed God the Father and revealed himself as the Son of God. Antichrists deny excuse me I got a little distracted uh, clicking over here okay Jesus revealed God the Father and revealed himself as the Son of God antichrists deny what the Bible clearly and explicitly teaches about Jesus the Son and God the Father antichrists Many who will remain in a church, but who will often start a new church, often begin using new names acceptable to them for the new God they worship while still calling themselves Christians, and they will begin teaching others in a church to believe in their new false God, uh, lowercase g-o-d, okay? For this reason and others, no one should ever say that the different world's religions believe in the same God. So true, so true. 
as religions, Buddhism, Islam, and Judaism deny the Father and the Son. You hear that? These religions, Buddhism, Islam, and Judaism deny the Father and the Son, okay? These religions teach something different from what Jesus Christ revealed and taught in the flesh by word and deed. They deny New Testament teaching. Even today, some religions and churches that claim to be Christian deny that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God who was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the Virgin Mary. They deny parts or all of what the angel told Mary in Luke, the first chapter, the 31st through the 33rd verses. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Some will deny what Jesus taught about himself in uh, John, the third chapter, and the 16th verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life, okay? They should not perish, that's King James Version, S-H-O-U-L-D, but have everlasting life, all right? So indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Jesus is the only Son of God. Those who believe in Jesus as revealed in the Bible become children of God by adoption. Paul affirmed the, the above facts in Galatians 4, verses 4 through 6. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying Abba Father so if someone does not confess Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of God they do not have the father if they do not have the father and the son they do not have the Holy Spirit they do not know or have the Holy One within them so important John the other apostles and the evangelists taught the truth about Jesus Christ, which John's readers had heard from the beginning. 
Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, these apostles and other writers recorded the truth in the Bible. Believers often call the Bible the Word of God written. For the truth of the Bible to abide or remain in our hearts and minds, we must not turn away from the truth and embrace lies and false teachings or live in disobedience to the truth. Furthermore, to abide in the truth, we must keep affirming the truths in the Bible when we pray, worship God, teach, and share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. John did not shy away from teaching the same truths repeatedly or from using different approaches to teach the same truths. When we do what John taught the truth of Jesus Christ and the Bible will remain in us, okay? When we do what John taught the truth of Jesus Christ and the Bible will remain in us. Second, John wrote that if the truth of God abide in us, then we will abide or remain in the Son and in the Father. We will remain in the family of God, in the Father and the Son with all who love God. We will remain children of God and act like children of God. We will think, act, behave, and live differently, for we will adopt and live according to the values that the Father and the Son impart to us through the Holy Spirit and through the Bible. If we were to go into the palace of a king, we would act accordingly. The followers of Jesus Christ have entered the palace of the King of Kings, the Holy One. Therefore, they think and act as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit lead them to act according to the truth. Okay? So by abiding in us, the Holy Spirit and Jesus will live spiritually within us and continue to influence what we say and do. In Colossians, the first chapter in the 27th verse, Paul wrote about Christ in Christ indwelling us, saying, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Where the Son and the Spirit abide, the Father also abides. While maintaining our personal identity, believers in Jesus Christ live within the Holy One and the Holy One lives in them. In John, the second chapter, in the 21st verse, Jesus spoke of his body as the temple of God. In 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 through 20, Paul wrote that the believer's body is the temple of God. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Now Jesus Christ promised eternal life, a new quality of life as well as everlasting life to all who believe in him as their Lord and Savior. In John the 17th chapter and the third verse, 
Jesus taught, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. When the Father and the Son abide in the believer, they come to know the Father and the Son, the only true God. We know them because we abide in them and they abide in us. Now John did not want those who had committed themselves to believing in and and obeying Jesus the Messiah to be deceived or misled by liars and antichrists. So he wrote that this was the one or or that this was one of the reasons he had sent them his letter. In John, the 14th chapter, the 15th through the 18th verses, Jesus taught, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. The anointing John's readers and all those who love and keep Jesus' commandments have received is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit abides with believers and in believers. Since he is the spirit of truth, Jesus also abides with and in believers. The world cannot receive, know, or see the Holy Spirit. Therefore, believers in Jesus Christ should never believe in or follow an antichrist or antichrist, whichever one you choose, one who will lie and try to deceive. That's what the antichrist is, okay? Uh, John wrote that the followers of Jesus did not need an antichrist in his day of, of in his day agnostic okay to teach them anything they did not need to learn any new truths secret truths or philosophies and neither do believers today what they had learned from the apostles contained all the truths they and we needed to receive and enjoy eternal life The followers of Jesus Christ need to believe the Bible and remain spiritually and mentally close to Jesus. Believers need to love the Father and the Son with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and the Holy Spirit within them will enable them to obey God and love God and others with the love of God in them. John repeatedly stated what he wanted his readers, his dear children, to do. He wanted them to remain in Jesus spiritually, as someone might choose to physically remain in a house or church building, or physically and spiritually among other children of God. 
He promised the followers of Jesus that if they lived in and with Jesus daily, that they would become so much like Jesus in thought, speech, and action that when he came for them, either when their body died and their spirit left to go with Jesus or when Jesus came again as he promised, that they could face Jesus with confidence in Jesus instead of with shame for the ways they had behaved. We want to see him in peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you would notice what I tell you, I say, whether we have died the natural like death, physical death here on earth, or whether we are caught up to meet him in the air and then we're transformed from uh, mortality to immortality, whichever one. Because there is a scripture that tells us that we shall not all sleep, but we shall be chained in the, changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And it tells us that the, the, one, the dead in Christ will rise first, and those of us who remain will be caught up to meet him in the air. My God. So we want all, all of us will not see the natural death. Okay, the physical death. All of us will not see the physical death. Some will still be alive, physically alive, when Jesus Christ comes back to receive us on the day of judgment. When he comes back and he's in the air receiving us. Oh my goodness, what a great day. What a great day. So we shall not all sleep, okay? So believers know that Jesus Christ is righteous. When they see him, they will see the one who is righteous, the righteous one who gave his life on the cross to save them from the eternal consequences of their sins and to save them from living in sin. One who has truly been born again will do what is right rather than do what is lawless. In the following chapters, John will write more about what it means to be born of God, but we have learned that the Spirit and the truth empower a person to be born of God, and those who are born from above will show they are born again by the right way they live. Amen. Amen. What a lesson. What a lesson. How to live within God. He's an awesome God. Our questions for discussion and thinking further. You know, we always have five and sometimes we have we have five numbers, but we sometimes we have more than one question in a number, okay? Number one, what kind of a person do you think John meant when he wrote all of you have knowledge. Number two, how did John describe the liar and the antichrist? Number three, how might you explain no one who denies the son has the father to someone who thinks all religions worship the same God? Number four, how can you make certain that what you heard from the beginning abides in you? Number five, what can happen to you if what you heard from the beginning no longer abides in you. My goodness. Ooh, my. So I'm going to conclude here, and I'm going to read the 
conclusion and wrap it up here. Sometimes I read it and sometimes I don't. But we know that our, our focal verse is 1 John uh, 2 and 24. And I'm going to read the King James version of that. 1 John 2 and 24. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. Okay, so I will go back to the lesson. It is such a good lesson. Such a good lesson. How to live within God. Uh, so, in 1 John, the 22nd chapter and 20th verse, John taught that believers in Jesus Christ, the Son, have been anointed by the Holy One. God is one, okay? The New Testament teaches that the Holy One is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three persons. You get that? In 1 John, the 2nd chapter and the 20th verse, John taught that believers in Jesus Christ, the Son, have been anointed by the Holy One. And it says God is one. In the New Testament, it teaches that the Holy One is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three persons, okay? The Trinity, all right? That's what we call it, the Trinity. The Holy One anoints with the Holy Spirit all who believe in Jesus Christ. We're wrapping it up, okay? Then the Holy Spirit begins living within each believer. So in this way, believers in Jesus Christ become the temple of the living God. With the help of the Holy Spirit, believers abide or remain in the Son and the Father, like someone living in a house, but spiritually, okay? So just as someone can enjoy dwelling in their living room, believers in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, can spiritually enjoy living and remaining within the Son and the Father, their spiritual home. Get that? Hey, that is neat, isn't it? That's a good explanation. If you ask how God and believers can do this, John has answered that it begins with truths and truths a believer has learned and believed about Jesus. In the beginning, John's readers believed the message about Jesus, the Son of God, coming in a real physical human body to live, teach, die, and rise again as the Christ, the promised Hebrew Messiah, okay? Then John emphasized that to continue abiding or living in the Son and the Father, a believer must continue believing the truths they first learned about God as they are now recorded in the Bible. With the help of the indwelling Holy Spirit, through prayer and Bible study, a believer will continue to abide within God and within them. And it is signed here, L.G. Parkhurst, Jr. And we will pray. So, so this is for those who, of you who have not repented of your sins 
and accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. There is a great life. It's here. It's a great life. It's a great life. You don't stop living. You begin to live a much better life. All right? And for those who have repented and have been saved, and now you're in a backslidden state, that means that you have stopped living a saved life. This is for you also. And I would admonish you, I would urge you, even if you don't want to repeat after me, if you don't want to repent right now, do it anyway. Because we don't know what's going to transpire within the next millisecond. Okay? We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen to me. I don't know whether I might uh, finish this prayer. I don't know. But one thing I'm assured of is that I have been forgiven and the Lord has saved me and sanctified me. He has put his spirit in me and he has blessed me to be able to uh, deliver, expound, explain the gospel to you and to whoever he blesses me to relate to and to for those to hear me, see me, speak the word of God. And if I don't speak a word, be able to look at me and my life and see Christ in me. I was a sinner. I was a wretch undone. A wretch doesn't mean you have to do all these things that people talk about that they classify as bad, 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 bad. Everything that's not like God is a sin, whatever it is, okay? So there are some people who classify uh, sins. They put them in different categories, but sin is sin. And you know, there's a cliche saying, I don't care who is sin, okay? Sin is sin no matter who it's in. So when they start classifying and dividing, well, she did this and he did that. That's not as bad as me doing this. Hey, no, forget that stuff. Now, that's one of those lies, okay? Don't believe that. Sin is sin. So repeat after me, please. Let God transform your life. Let him renew you, okay? All right, dear God, I repent of my sins. I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. And I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Amen. It's a done deal. That is it. Now, Greater Gospel Temple is available online. You can reach me by phone. You can reach me by email. I will have conference with you whenever you need, whatever you need. I will have Bible study. I will be on uh, on Sundays. I come on at 7 a.m. live by the grace of God. And we have, uh, of course, point of view on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1 p.m. and we discuss different things but God is always the basis of what we discuss okay so we give great information and everything so you can contact me you can get in touch with me I am reachable okay the physical church is not up yet again but the spiritual church it keeps going it keeps going because God it's inside of me okay Okay, I love you so much. I love you. I love you. I love you. And enjoy your night. 
uh, morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it is, enjoy it. And let me hear from you, okay? Let me hear from you. And if you would like to send donations to Greater Gospel Temple, you can do that too, okay? And you can go online and, and you can uh, see how you can send them uh, the donations, okay? I love you. Enjoy your day. Thank you so much for being with me for the Sunday School lesson.